We are the dance nerds, the outliers, the ones who are addicted to reaching the next level. This is a unique podcast blending the artistry of mastery both on and off the dance floor. Upbeat, fun, in-depth, and thought-provoking. This won't just develop your Borum and Latin American dancing. This will set your life on fire. I will give you personal stories, empowering ideas, technical dance aspects, mindset growth development, and much, much more. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with anyone you care about, and also visit borumastery.tv. Let's dance. Hey, if you're loving this, make sure you smash and dance all over that subscribe button and visit borumastery.tv, borumastery.tv for some free training, sign up for our courses. They are going to revolutionize the way you dance. They're going to help you so much with your posture, your technique, the way you move, your musicality, and all of those naggling problems to help free you to become the best dancer you can be. Borumastery.tv, let's do it. Have you got a question for me? I would love to hear from you and include it on the show as an audio message. Head over to danceraf.com and then smash the message button and shoot me your question. I'll add it into one of the episodes if it fits and I would love to know what I could help you with. Head over to danceraf.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Christine Barnoel, the host of Recovering Perfectionist, an awesome podcast that you should subscribe to. Check it out in the show notes. But without further ado, let's get straight into it. Christine, please refresh everyone what you're all about. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, this is actually really exciting because we just did last week on my podcast, mm -hmm. and this is part two. We're just like, we had so many things to discuss and we just couldn't fit it all into one episode, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we had to like make this a, a continuing series. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So uh, for those who are new or didn't listen to episode one yet, first of all, go back and listen. And I am Christine Barnoel, a life balance coach, and I focus on sustainable habit building and I help people, um, break cycles of perfection through working with sustainable habits and helping them to overcome that self-doubt and cleaning out their life so that they can focus on themselves. So I love that. I love that. Cause <laughs> since the last lesson, <laughs> so it's the last lesson. The I last lesson. Yeah. The last I, lecture. <laughs> I feel like uh, it's just, everything's a lesson, you know, like I'm always teaching. So, uh, but since the last time we had a good chat, uh, tell everyone what you've been up to. I mean, it's, it's, it's only been a week, but man, a lot happens in a week in our circles. Yes. A lot happens. So, um, we will be airing this probably mid September, but as of right now, it is August 30th. I'm double checking August 30th. And I just finished a crazy summer of traveling, doing lots of events with my other businesses and my husband's businesses. He has a digital media business. So he does photography and vide videography at ballroom competitions. Awesome. And I dance, you know, every now we're still 
kind of involved in the ballroom world as I'm sure you are. And absolutely. So we do. Yeah. And so we do, I do dance with a student or two every now and again. And I also uh, used to have a business of social media marketing, and I would be basically be someone's hired on publicist, personal assistant for the day and follow them around at an event. Um, these are usually people who are very um, well known in their industry. And I would create a whole video of the event with them, you know, doing all the things they do. So I just finished doing one of those at a very high end jewelry uh, luxury jewelry event, which was insane. It was like billions and billions of dollars of jewelry all in one casino. It was wow. mind blowing, but I, I, I do that for clients, you know, that I have a very special connection with, and they just call me every now and again for some events. So I finished a crazy month of August doing one event in San Diego and two in Las Vegas. And I just got back yesterday and starting September 1st, I have been planning this for a month or two. I'm going to focus solely on myself. So what does that mean? For those who <laughs> think don't know what exactly what that means, I had to kind of figure it out myself. So I have decided that, you know, my family and I are very close um, and we all do lots of different projects together. I've decided to tell them September, no projects, no asking Christine for anything, no assuming she's there to help with all of that. It sounds crazy and it sounds very controversial for some people, but I feel like October 1st is my birthday and I will be 32 and I am, I feel like I need this last month of 31 to kind of like gather myself, refocus and just full steam ahead. There's so much happening in my life coaching business and I need to really be 100% in if all of this stuff is going to take off. And I, I am very easily distracted with all the other things that happen in my life. And uh, yeah, I've just decided this is it. And when I tell Yvonne, the minute I made that decision a few months ago, already I started seeing energy shifts and I haven't yeah, even cool. started. Yeah, yeah, right. These are called boundaries for anyone who is struggling boundaries. with them. Hands in the air, right? Like <laughs> it's, it's not any, look, when you're a giver, right? And you're somebody who wants to, you know, produce and do good things and content creators, people who, who bring value into the world that way, like by choosing to say, I'm going to put my message out there, or I'm going to create products and services to grow business, make profit, but also to serve people as well. You give a lot more of yourself, right? Than the average Joe just turning up to work and then clocking out, right? So, right. you know, so therefore it's very easy to blur boundaries. And over time that can get stretched, right? And people can take advantage of that. They don't mean to a lot of the times, right? But, no, but it can happen, don't. right? Totally. Yeah. And I, it's not just my family, but it's also like friend commitments and different mm. things. Like I have a laundry list of aspirational things I've been trying to do for myself that I know would be good for my mental like health, for my business. Like, for like all what? what's, what's, what's some of those things in the list? Um, well, for me, I would love to go on a wellness retreat. Oh yeah. That's a big thing for me. And honestly, like I'm traveling a lot for business and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, it's justifying the time and the money to do something like that. And I was done with that. I was like, why am I continuing to justify, to, to not be able to justify why I can't do something like this for myself? Um, or even just go rent an Airbnb somewhere and do something. Um, you know, my husband has a lot of businesses that are up and running right now. And so he has a lot of time that, you know, he, we don't get to spend together. So I'm like, we want to be intentional about the time we get to spend together. And, um, and then of course we're still living kind of in a COVID world, trying to figure out all the things. So my mental health, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and, you know, just different feelings of feeling like the world is just, you know, very overwhelming right now. Mm. Um, 
A lot of people feel that. I feel that. I mean, I understand we're in in lockdown at the moment. Like that's just happened in the last three weeks. I know, that's right. You're in lockdown. Yeah, like it's, uh, I've got a whole bunch of different feelings on it, but it's, but, but everyone's experienced this at some level or some point to an extent. And if they haven't personally, it's like they have because they can't go somewhere. (laughs) Like, you know, like, or if they do, it's a different level of living that you're just not acclimatized toward. And I, I, one of my very first thoughts on it was just, it's it's well my first experience actually more than a thought was uh was like how depressing it was for the first seven days that we got locked down last year and it was weird because i've never experienced that but it's what hit me was the it was because of the uncertainty right and and it's all good to say it's like it's all good to say like i thrive on uncertainty it's always like it's the uncertainty that you predict yeah exactly you've controlled all the other variables you can and then you leave a little bit for uncertainty but um yeah i mean you know i think uh everyone went through like you said and is still going through some version of this craziness whether it's locked down or just feeling like you're safe do you get the vaccine do you not do you wear a mask do you not all the things do you go back to your daily activities? Um, you know, all of that. I miss social dancing a lot. I haven't come to the place where I feel comfortable doing that yet. Wow. And I, it sucks. I that, was, that's a big, that's, that's freaking big. huge. Yeah. I was a social dancer. A dancer. Like, yeah, I went social dancing two or three times a week, um, before quarantine. And I miss the interactions with other people, with friends, mm. uh, moving my body in a way, you know, to, just letting my mind go free while I'm dancing. Like I miss all of that, but I'm also a little bit worried that, you know, there's just too many variants and all these things going on. And I just don't, I don't feel comfortable. It's not worth the risk. So I think that's what also, and you can relate a lot to this because you probably use dance as a therapy, as Mm -hmm. a very therapeutic way. Um, And not having that as well as travel, both of those things are major. They cover like 80% of my life and not being able to travel at least internationally right now for my personal, um, that has caused me a lot of mental, you know, stress and anxiety and depression and things like that in the last year and a half. So it has been building up to this. I've been growing my life coaching business, trying to focus on, you know, coming in and not always putting out all the time and trying to, you know, reharness the energy, but specifically going into every time I go into a birthday, I kind of really, you know, I get all kind of, I get all the feels, you know, good, bad, and ugly. And I was like, what can I do differently this year? That's really going to just bring me results I've never had. And I said, I had to do something I've never done. And that's don't book an event, don't schedule anything work related. Like I've been building up my finances and all the stuff leading to this point. So even if I don't make any money in September, which I have some passive streams, but even if I don't make anything, I'm okay. And the mental side of that, knowing that I can put my mind at ease and not have to wake up every morning and say, how am I going to make money today? Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, we're always looking for that next thing, you know? And I was like, I cannot, that was another big thing. I cannot have my family or my friends or, you know, work, all that stuff calling me saying, I need you to do something that's not related to what I need. Mm. And then, and then I cannot have this financial terror constantly feeling like you're not making enough money. You didn't, you weren't productive today. Like if I want to go one day and just go sit on the beach all day long, I should, I'm going to be able to do that because I'm giving myself permission to do so. 
financial terror. That's a funny one. I like that. That's good. That's a financial terror. A lot of people feel that. I mean, look, you've hit so many amazing points that I really want to unpack and open. Um, but I, I think like one of the, one of the, the main things here that is so good for people to hear is, well, self-care, right? Like the self-care prioritizing that is so valuable. And you know, a lot of people have struggled with that, right? They really struggle with giving themselves space to actually regroup and refocus and, right. And to find coping strategies that are actually healthy and really good. And something I've struggled with in the past is healthy coping strategies, because there's lots of unhealthy ones. They're easy to find, right? right. Like it's ones that actually right. serve you. That's, that's a different problem. But yes. like, 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 I mean, so we just got in with this interview because we're, we're on the cusp, right? Before, yeah. right? Before, before you go into like dark zone, like Christine, yeah. zone, you know, like boom, <laughs> you're in your, you're in your world. But I, I really honor you for doing that. I think it's awesome because there, you know, hustle and grind in if you listen to most podcasts on business entrepreneurship, or you come into a space of personal development, or how do I, I don't like where I'm at. How do I change it? You often hear people saying like hustle, grind, you know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I don't always subscribe to that. Like it really depends on the person personally. It's, you cannot just go for the masses. Everybody should 20 hour a day work. And if you don't, you no. suck. You're not going to hit your goals. Like that is not healthy advice, right? Like not even right? a little bit. Just grinding. Yeah, not even a little bit. In fact, I'm pulling up something today that a meme that because, you know, life is relevant all the time that one of my Mm. friends posted today that was just so in my wheelhouse. He said, um, (laughs) Europeans out of the office. I'm always I'm away camping for the summer. Please email me back in September. (laughs) Yes. Americans out of the office. I have left the office for two hours to undergo kidney surgery, but you can reach me on my cell at any time. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I'm on the table. Yep. That's it. Yeah. You good? Yeah. And honestly, um, two things about that. So I do have an episode on uh, season two of my, I think it's season two. I think it's the first one is uh, it's called self-care is not selfish. And it has been the episode that has resonated with the most people and the most of my audience. Absolutely. And I, yeah. and I got to a point where I said, you know, um, I can't just talk the talk. I need to be walking the walk. And I have moments of self-care for sure, but I also don't do it to the extent that I am preaching it. And I needed to have, I needed to do kind of an experiment in my own life mm. to be able to really create these results that I'm talking about in my coaching. So that was something that spurred that on. And then also when I was younger, so a little bit of background about me, my father is French, my mother is American. She studied uh, at a university and got a scholarship to study abroad in France, met my dad, they got married, had me in France. So I was born in France. And then after I was like two years old, they moved to the United States. My dad was 30 years old, so about the age I am now, and started his whole life over again. And he was so excited to have the opportunity to have the American dream and to do things that in Europe, specifically in France, that he felt he couldn't excel at a high level because they were always taxing everything and they were, you know, um, giving you limits on work. They actually have a rule, a law over there that if you work a certain number of extra hours, you actually have to pay a fee. Really? Which is insane. Yeah. So that's, that's wow. It's crazy. So it, it honestly, what they do is they're trying to encourage 
you know, that you don't overwork yourself, that you have family time. You know, a lot of times there's this whole thing that goes around about how French take three hour lunches. It's real. Uh, if, uh, you know, they've Americanized their schedules a little bit, but it is still to the extent everything's closed on Mondays, random. Um, oh, I know, right? We went to France. I flew Allison yeah. over there just for, for a day trip. We went on a Monday. We're like, Everything's no, the closed. bakeries, man, they're all closed. We're like Everything. French and they, and they don't care. And honestly, when you find there's a lot of French pastries, uh, bakeries that opened up in Las Vegas when I was living there. And I tried to explain to them, listen, I understand that you guys are used to closing on Mondays, but in the United States, like you're going to lose a ton of business. Monday <laughs> is a major day and you need to acclimate now that you're, you have a, a, an office here. So, so anyway, long story short, I, um, I was so excited to be an American, you know, living in the United States. And then I would go over to France and see my family. I'd be like, oh, I could never do my business here. Like I, you know, I'm so excited. I'm able to take advantage of like being an entrepreneur and hustle bustle. And then over the last few years, we've had, you know, you know, mental stress, uh, you know, all the things COVID I got married. So my whole, you know, um, my whole, uh, goals for the future changed and my timeline was you know moving forward as a major milestone and all of a sudden I thought you know what I just want to go live in a small town in Europe and just hide away and just do all my work remotely and so what I figured out is that as exciting as it is to have the American dream or whatever it is they call it now this work yourself to the bone to get your wealth or to get your success is not sustainable it's not logical. It's not good for you. It's not for good for anyone around you. And we shouldn't encourage who is working harder than the other person or, or how many hours are you working compared or were you productive today? And that should make you happy. Your happiness should not depend on your productivity um, or how much money you have in the bank. Mm -hmm. And so I have now kind of blended as I am 50, 50% uh, European 50% American, I have truly mentally absorbed that and that now I can take advantage of the American dream and the 21st century technology and have all my stuff online. I can be location independent and I can go live in Europe if I so choose and nourish my body with great food and take days off and not feel like I I'm in this hustle bustle grind all the time. Um, and that is, I mean, how is it in Australia? I'm really curious. Well, I, I like your version of the French American dream. Oui, oui. <laughs> the French American the, dream. This, yes, this I love that. Way, <laughs> this is the way forward. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Put that out. <laughs> That's right. No cigarettes. We're going to. No we're cigarettes. Gonna... <laughs> it is double. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to yeah. refine it. Yeah, refine that's right. That's right. That's um, awesome. uh, look, look, it's. I always find it interesting how, like I've lived in America before and I actually, uh -huh. I think it's, it's fantastic on some fronts. I think it's a bit going through a really weird spot right now, but yes. uh, look, a lot of Western society copies America, but Australia has its own foundational culture that also we're pretty blunt in Australia. Like we just call it, we, we call it calling it like we call yeah. bullshit. That's the way to, that's the phrase. Right. It's like if an American speaker comes over and they're a bit too like, rah rah like hardcore we love the party don't get me wrong like who doesn't but there's also this other side of like just ah, just yeah. speak the, your truth without the 
bullshit behind it right like totally. and 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 i think in a lot of ways people are, when we go over to other countries to work our culture is known for like you work a certain amount and then you take it off but it's not as relaxed as france in that sense right and mm -hmm. so it's like we enjoy to a large extent our holidays right do not mess with our holidays right public holidays like going yes. to the beach is massive we're a huge, huge beach culture in that sense right but the problem is people watch the internet and they see gary v and they see these big entrepreneurs uh, talking about what is required to hit certain levels of things but again it's it's like a uh, mass prescription for everyone it does it's right. and so but people think that's what you got to do so there's a big leaning towards like grinding yourself to to a, a nub and and working too hard to get what you need to do and then forgetting that on the back end you have to like yourself and the outcome of that you have to mm -hmm. to feel good producing whatever you're going to produce and the outcome and not right. resenting the fact that you don't have breaks and you your family now despise you because they don't see you and you have no more friends because you've chosen work over them right and so um i'm i'm seeing a shift and i want to come on to something you said before about energy shift i think it's really cool for people to hear yeah. because I really think the topic of self-care is such a great one to for people to really understand it's okay to do you to give yourself that permission to take time off you're not going to miss out right to yeah. prioritize your own mental health first right the physical health as part of that is totally the smart way forward um not to compete against other people for the prize right it's like dancing isn't it you know you've got people who totally. are totally just competing for first place only one person can win Come on, right. like, you know, so know your place in that sense. If you're not going to win or you're at least second or third, that's a different story. But for everyone else who will never make a final, what are you doing? Right? Like right. You, you've got to find a way that brings you the joy, right? And I think self-care is yeah. such, such a massive part of that. So, you know, to, to come back to what you were saying with, with this energy shift, you know, what spawned that? You made a decision, yeah? And that decision shifted you. Can you talk a bit about that? Like what you experienced so, so it's not sure. just the strategy, have a bath every day to feel better, eat right. better to nourish your body. Like talk about the mental side of like that decision and what it did to you. Yeah. And I'm really glad you asked that. That's a fabulous area to get into. And I'm going to start doing some more episodes on my podcast dedicated to this in particular, because so many people, they, there's two things they don't understand. One, when people say you got to do the work, you know, the deep work mm -hmm. and they're like, what, well, what's the work, right? Mm, yep. And then um, the types of results you're looking for. So like, obviously, you know, I have coaches that are helping you to manifest anything, you know, you want, manifest your dreams. I help people clear out the clutter in their life and, you know, create sustainable habits um, that work, um, you know, and, and not feel like such a perfectionist all the time and have to always do that. Uh, there are so many things you can do, but then you, yeah. Okay. You manifested a car, you manifested your dream life. You manifested, you know, moving to another country, a great family, but there's so many things that we don't talk about that end up being these, these like hidden results, um, that are phenomenal. So the minute I made this decision, um, I, first of all, that first night I had the best sleep I've ever had. I love that. It was amazing. And I'm a pretty good sleeper. Like I, I never compromise my sleep. I'm not one of those people that as an entrepreneur, you hustle and grind. It's like, oh, I can sleep when I'm dead. 
I'll just sleep. <laughs> you I'll will sleep. die early like that. <laughs> yeah, you will die early. Uh, you'll be dying a lot sooner. Um, and, you know, some people, they just get the four or five hours in and then they never, um, you know, they, they're exhausted, but they're like, it's fine. They power through. I'm not one of those people because I strongly believe that one of the main reasons why I've been protecting myself against COVID is because I sleep well. And that's the first thing on the performance pyramid as far as I'm concerned. 100%. Just, say that again. Like, yeah. For sleep. the people on the back. <laughs> Sleep hygiene, right? Sleep, sleep yeah. is the number one uh, immunity booster, um, good mental clarity, all the things. And for people who say you don't need that much sleep, bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Oh I, yeah, they sh they should do the slightest amount of research on that. Would right. totally show it's a fallacy. There's very few people that can do less than eight hours of sleep. Like it's some people totally. can. They're predisposed genetically do be able to thrive off four to six hours sleep. It is mind-numbingly hard to do. Like it's just it's not healthy for your brain, right? Like, no. but, but people not. forget that they minimize it. I think a lot of people are aware of how important sleep should be but then they yeah. don't, they don't prioritize it. Right. Like, so right. do you want to have a little, like, can we talk about that in a bit, like a bit of strategies around, around that or, or like yeah. what you think, because the decision side of things is so critical. I think it's so misunderstood. Like people don't know how to make decisions. Like, and, and it's so easy to say, I'll just make a decision, but there's different types of decisions, right? There's different ways that you can approach making them. And then how do you, how do you say, that's what I'm going to do? Because it's not like in your head, you would, this is the first time you thought I need to take more time for myself, or I need to have some more boundaries, or yeah. I really want better results, right? So I suppose what what was the precipice? What got you to that point where you're like, okay, I like something's got to change, or I need to do something different? Yeah, I mean, listen, um, every day, 80% of our day is habitual behavior. So in order for you to really actively change and make different steps to a different goal. Um, you need to change that habitual behavior because the 20% is the stuff you're doing different, right? It's the stuff that every day may be a different day, whatever, but the 80% is what defines you and your lifestyle. And in order for you to really change your living situation, your relationship, your eating habits, your weight loss, your whatever it is you're looking to do, you need to work on the 80% because it's, it's for us as dancers, I call it muscle memory. It's something that you just, you do without even thinking, you know, it's autopilot as some people would say. And um, I, had a, I had a student I was working with the other day and, and, uh, and I was like, this is a routine we've had for a few years actually, but we haven't done it probably for about a year and a half. And I was like, you remember that, that cha-cha routine that we had for ages? And it's very technical. It's a lot of steps. And so um, she's like, no. And I was like, neither do I, but that's okay. Don't worry about our brains. Our bodies will We'll do we'll, it. Our bodies will figure out. We just started moving. And I was like, oh, there we go. Like the brain was asleep. Body just, wow. One switch to the other. It's like, just came back. Crazy. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Absolutely. Why when you're driving that, if you don't pay attention to where you're going, oh, I'm not going to work today. Hang on. And you take a wrong turn on the highway. Right. That happens all the time. And so we need to get out of that, like sleeping day, you know, with our eyes open kind of feeling, and we need to really be active. Um, the, to answer your question about what really shifted and made me be like, this needs to change is being newly married. I just got married in April. Cool. I, I married the most amazing man ever. He is That's awesome. like phenomenal from A to Z and he is doing amazing things and trying to build wealth for our family and all of what, these what's his name. Things. His name is Noel. So, <laughs> well, so his name is Stevens Noel, 
but we call him Noel, which is our last name. So that gets a little confusing, but <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. I like that. Don't um, worry. Don't worry. My wife, my wife, we're on live streams, right? She calls me dad. Like, oh, that's she, funny. She's so automatic. Like she's just for like an hour and a half. I'm like, can you just, yeah. Cause it's like, Hey dad. <laughs> and so <laughs> like dad, every like four sentences, I was like, it's, it was so cute. But I was like, yeah. Oh, I don't want to crush you, but <laughs> Yeah, at work, when when I need him to get me something, if we're working at one of his booths at the events or something, I'm like, hey, babe, can you grab me? So that everyone always like, you guys are married? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, that's just how we, that's how we that's do just it. how we talk. I don't call him by his name. So anyway, um, it was very, very important to me in combination with getting married in this pandemic and really um, seeing a change in myself mentally that I've never experienced before in my entire life. Mm. When I was competing at a very high level, I was a machine. I was not, I don't doubt uh, that you seem like a machine. Yeah. I did not have a lot of female emotion going on. Um, yes, I physically had a period every month, but hormonally there was nothing going on there. Um, I was very just focused on eye on the prize. Mm. And the minute that I started doing some deep work on myself is when all of this push down emotion that like if something had happened or I maybe didn't get an, a, you know, a great result in a competition or I was jet lagged or whatever I had, something had happened and I just powered through it. All of that built up and we don't realize that. And it was all kind of stuck inside of me, like energy. And when I started doing this deep work and shedding layers, like this onion, all of a sudden I started feeling all of the things. And I was like, why all of a sudden am I waking up on a Tuesday morning and crying? Where is this coming from? I don't cry. I'm not a crier. Really? So, yeah. So realizing that I was starting to feel all these things is what really said, oh my gosh, I need to take better care of myself. Because, you know, as dancers, we push our bodies to the limits. We push our minds to the limits and we don't, you know, we know we can recover pretty quickly. We take care of ourselves, but at the same time, we know what we, where we can push the boundaries. Yeah. And, and I think that all of it was starting to come up. I was working with a lot of, you know, high-end coaches, both life coaches, manifestation coaches, business coaches. And I was like, holy crap. Like there's a whole side of me that I never even knew existed mm-hmm. um, that I was just kind of putting aside while I could do this part of my life. And it got to a point throughout the pandemic and I was doing this work and everything that then all of a sudden, all of the little things that I was committing myself to like family things, um, you know, friend things, all these things that I was like, half of it, I didn't even want to do anymore. I was overwhelmed. And I was like, why am I committing to doing these? Because I feel like I need to be a good daughter or a good sister or a good friend or I want to make money. So yes, I should, you know, th- this co- this client comes calling to me. I didn't really enjoy doing that event, but yeah, I guess it's good money. Let's just do it. And then I am frustrated through the whole thing. Mm. And so, you know, so I just started telling myself, listen, you do not have, you are not obligated to do anything, period, end of story. And that means everything, regardless of who it is or what it is, whatever. I, I'm not even obligated to do anything with my husband, but at the end of the day, he is the main person I want to focus on. And mm-hmm. I explained that to my parents. I said, you know, the relationship that I need to work on the most is the one with myself and the one with my husband. And we are great. Everything's awesome. But at the same time, I can already see five years down the road, which most people don't, 
that if I, if I keep allowing myself to go, move at this pace that I'm at and not really giving myself the self-care I need, my relationship with my husband will suffer. Mm. I think it's great to see that's awareness, right? Like it's really awareness, been, it's being Absolutely. very aware in the moment of what, of what your, your present, you know, decisions yeah. and actions will manifest in the future with, with anything. And it's being very conscious of that, right? Like, you know, and also having an ability to let go, right? Like, I think, I think this is always the gripe is it's really easy to feel, ah, oh, like on the one hand, it's, it's, it's almost idealistic to be like, I'm not obligated to anything or to do anything with anyone. But on the right. same token too, why do we, why do we feel obligated? Right? right. Like, like, where does that come from? So I believe that the reason that we feel obligated to do things is for fear of not being loved. It all stems from love. All we want as human beings is to feel loved. And so if we are not doing something, it's either fear or love. And a lot of things is that I wanted to be the best daughter, the best sister, the best friend, the best coworker, the best CEO, whatever it is I was defining myself as in that moment, I was always going to be the best. And the thing is, is that again, that comes so much from dancing is that perfectionist vibe that we were talking about. You know, if you guys want to go back to part one on my podcast, we discussed in detail what it means to be a perfectionist. And it, as much as dance taught me so much and made me the amazing person that I am with my work ethic and my habits and all the things, it, it really, when I started digging deep and tearing apart those layers, it really messed with me on a um, on a performance level, because you cannot perform subpar. You're either first or you're nothing. Yeah. All right. Is that, that, that's and, what you're, that's what your what your, your, your own narrative or your own beliefs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. And honestly, in our industry, that is the same thing. I mean, wh- who are the world champions, but do you know mm. who the second place is? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we don't, and if we do, we don't praise them the way we do the world champions. And mm. so that's fine. I understand that. It's the same thing with, although in Olympics, they have bronze, you know, um, bronze. Silver, oh, it's gold. Still, still the same thing. It's like, you, you can sort of T- tell totally. one gold for like 20 years, but like, yeah, totally. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it requires you, you know, you don't have a hair out of place. Everyone's got their spray tans, their makeup is perfect. Everything's perfect. And that does not translate into normal life because life is not perfect. We are really trying to eliminate all of the imperfections in our sport and same thing in the Olympics. They do the same thing. You know, Simone Biles, I did a whole thing on a whole episode on her, you know, stepping down for her mental health and all Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. They don't really have the opportunity to choose themselves over their sport. They've trained for four years to be eligible to do something at this level and they cannot come, you know, they're coming within a fraction of a, of a, whatever, to be able to be the best in what they do. And I admire that. And I admire what we've done as well. But at the end of the day, how does that translate into real life and how I perform as a wife? I will Mm. not always be perfect as a wife, but as long as I love my husband with all of my heart and I'm there to do everything I need to do for him and I show him how much I appreciate him, that will be successful. Mm. And I I will make lots of mistakes, but that's okay. See, that's a great spot to actually get to. And I think uh, that's why I've always liked the title of your, your podcast, Recovering Perfectionist. It's very good. Yeah. Um, but, you. you know, I think it's your imperfections that make you perfect, right? It's that. Totally. It's, 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 but it's understanding that, that that's okay. And I've often, I've found choreography things. Like you, you said before, like for me, social dancing and that sort of thing, we don't have as much of an opportunity to do that. But my joy 
came a lot from dance sport, but when it stopped, we, we ended up quitting my fulfillment joy is teaching coaching. It's just what I love oh. to do regardless dancing, life coaching, business coaching, those areas of just teaching is where that, that meaning sort of is derived for me. Sharing, personally. sharing your knowledge. Yeah. Sharing and, and chatting and, and, and right. being skeptical and challenging and, and, and you know, talking to people with different ideas. I think it's awesome. Right. And we resonate right. so well on so many levels with different, with the, with what we're going through, because mm-hmm. you're aware of what is happening, right? Like you're as well as where as you can be, right? Like making these choices, making these cho- conscious decisions to be aware of what you reap in the future from what mm-hmm. you're sowing today. And I think that's very, very cool, but it's really difficult because dancing's taught you to be what everything has to be in perfect alignment mm-hmm. and but even if it is, you can't control the outcome, right? Like you can't, you can't control what another couple does or who, uh, who's judging you, right? Right. But honestly, think about that as you say that, because one of my best friends is a very high-end judge in our industry. And yeah, right. she has told me multiple times that she trains people mentally, the pros, on how to try to control that. So they, she, who's judging, right? Find out who's judging the competition, take lessons with them Mm -hmm. before, right? So you kind of can get an idea of what they're looking for. Um, You can't figure out who's going to be on the floor with you, but let's practice different scenarios of how that might go. So you can be as prepared as possible. Um, You don't know what music they're going to play. So we're going to practice to all the different songs and we're not going to get stuck on one song, you know, like as, and we train our students that way too, because we don't want them to freak out in competition. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so we, what do you think of that though? What do you think of that as a, as a, as a, as a, as an idea? What do you mean? Sorry. Well, well, when you've got, when you got someone saying that, go, go to all these coaches, right? Take all those lessons. Mm. Um, prepare for every eventuality. Absolutely. Like different, yeah. different tempos, different speeds, floor craft. Like, so practice around different yep. couples, practice on different size floors. Okay. Right. Right. But what do you think of all that at the end of the day? So honestly, I think because it is very Olympic in the way that we do things, it's a high, it's a high level performance sport. I do think that that is the best way to get to be able to perform at your best Mm. because sometimes when we are they say the best things happen when it's unexpected or you're not you know you're thrown off guard but i mean i think that that's mostly the um you know when you're having fun you know best memories those kinds of things when you're trying to do a high level sport you need to go in there with every checkbox you possibly (laughs) can Every every tool because otherwise you're not going in with your best foot forward. And, and there could have been one minor thing that you could have prepared for that would have helped you get further. So yeah. I think that those things are fine in when you are in the sport. The problem is that our coaches in our industry, other dancers, you know, everyone around us is not preparing us for what happens after the sport or what happens when you're not on the dance floor. And that's a big thing that Michael Phelps is starting to really put his stamp on is how these Olympians train for four years. They do something, this is all they eat, sleep, breathe their sport. They perform, they win gold, they do all the things and then they're ready to retire. And their coach looks at them and says, okay, have fun. I'm ready to go train the next young person to be gold on my team. And then you are left with no tools to be able to cope with 
being at this high energy situation and being in this bubble for so long and you're coming out to this real world and all of a sudden everything is just like a nerve ending and you don't know what to do. And Michael Phelps, met, I, I, I'll have to send you this interview that he did. It's phenomenal because he was talking about Simone, but he was discussing things that have happened to him in the past and also friends of his that have committed suicide after not understanding how to adapt to the real world anymore. Mm. So you think there's a bubble, right? That And this can go for any sport, I suppose, but they're, 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 they're not knowing how to translate those skills or not knowing how to translate uh, like what they're going through into to other avenues, which is a Correct. bit, which is interesting because I've always, this is why I like coaching like the mindset side of things pretty much first and then sort of mm-hmm. technique alongside with that because you, you, you've got to have an ability to be able to, like you said, it's having tools, but the ability to learn tools. Like right now I'm teaching myself how to do DIY around the house. I never in a million years, Christine, thought I would be picking up a freaking hammer and doing any shit, doing anything around hey, the house. Hey, right? there you go. But I was like, why limit yourself? You know, like why? according yeah. to who could you not learn that, right? Completely. And that's a good question for people to understand, right? Like, so, you know, the highly skilled in one area, go right. to a new area and you totally suck. You're back to newbie status, right? And right. it's very easy to then go because people who are high level athletes, for example, or high level sports people, or high level business people, if they want to make a transition, what do they need to do? Well, you got to create, you got to learn new skills. Yeah. And, right. and I suppose it comes into to, to, to forming, they're already forming habits of getting up early and doing the work or staying later than everyone else or the habits of eating, very disciplined, mm-hmm. yeah? always goal oriented. Right. So then what do you do? Like what, what does somebody do? So that's not right. So that is not the hard part. That's actually what I help people. Yeah. You know, I would say, let's call it normal people that are living their day-to-day life, working at a nine to five, or even, you know, uh, new entrepreneurs. I help them to optimize their schedule and their life to be able to create high performance habits that save them time and are and efficiency. And so I learned that from ballroom dancing. That's everything that I did my whole life. I created high performance habits that allowed me to be more efficient and perform at a level that nobody else could. Mm. And you can, I mean, the average person is most of the time doing things the long way, working hard, not working smart, all of those things. And then they're looking at their schedule going, I have no time to do anything. And then I look through through their schedule and I'm like, I see blocks of time where you can move things around and you're wasting time doing this. That is not leading towards your goal. We're eliminating that. We're eliminating this. And they don't see that because they're attached to everything. Everything's important. And I have all kinds of priorities. Well, unfortunately, The word priority is a singular word. It means one thing is a priority. And we as an American society have created priorities, which makes it multiple things are a priority. And in which case, nothing is a priority if you really think about it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. if everything's at a high level, everything's important, then nothing becomes important. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't become an amazing dancer if it's like you're doing that and building a business and having a family and investing and going to workshops. You have to choose one or two things in the same category that say, this is what I'm going to focus on. Mm. And so so by by bringing that, I I help people do that. But for people like us who come from these high performance athletic, you know, sports, it's not the high performance and the daily, you know, checkpoints and all that stuff. We had that. We still live our lives that way. I'm not competing anymore, but let me tell you something. There's 100%. ways that I do my house, my travel every way. I mean, 
people look at me and they're like, wow, that's really organized. I'm like, I've always done it that way. It's not something I'm trying to do. It's just who I am. So what we need to do is we need to, to prioritize or we need to emphasize the importance of rest of if you did not feel like you were productive that day, what is your version of productive that you, that you didn't fail today was not a throwaway day. Um, listening to your body and actually being intentional about what it, what you need to do. So mm. like how many times were you competing and you listen to your body and you're like, Oh man, I really could use an extra hour of sleep, but I got to get up and I got to go to the studio <laughs> and I got to practice. Yeah. That's, right? that's, yeah. Yeah. So like we do time. that all the time. So we <laughs> do that when we are competing, when we are trying to do our sport, but when we are back in life and we are not doing that sport anymore, we have to optimize and acclimate things from being highly sensitive to bringing it down to a little bit more normal and balanced. We, we're not living very balanced if we continue to live at that high level. And so, what so, do you think, so what do you think then are the beliefs that govern that? Because it's really easy to Google strategies, right? It's really easy to think, okay, I want to change something or I want an improvement somewhere else. And what do I do? And it's like, oh, well, okay, what you're suggesting is excellent. Mm-hmm. But what do you think underneath that is, is, is going to, I suppose, change, not, like you know, ch- make the outcome possible for someone? Like what's a belief that would, or beliefs or you think that govern that? If it's even beliefs, like what do you think is the mechanism that actually gets people to do those things? Well, if we're talking again, right now, we're, it's, we're kind of bouncing back and forth. We're talking about two different groups of people. We're talking about the people that we coach who are, trying to do things at a high level, right? And optimize their schedule and efficiency. And you're teaching them mindset and all of the things that you do. And then you're talking about people like us who are trying to come down to more of a balanced life, lifestyle, work-life balance, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. Right? So I think um, it's it just, what are your goals? Again, what are the goals? When we're not competing anymore, we've won all our titles, we've done all the things. Now, what's your new goal? And I think also that's very difficult for dancers like us. If you have a lot of friends in the industry as well, after they do this, they don't know what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do what do oh. you want to say then? Do, do they do they do they just follow suit and go? I'll just go teach. Like, I'll just go open a dance studio. I'll I'll get my judging license. I know a bunch of my friends okay. who just retired over the pandemic, and they just now all of a sudden they all popped out and they're all judging. Okay. You know, they're judging. Um, they are, like you said, coaching around traveling and coaching. Um, I think there's more to life than that. I think our mm. industry is phenomenal. And I think that there is, I mean, you know, you preach how amazing the coaching space is and the coaching of the mindset, not just coaching. Of course, I can teach people how to dance, but that's one skill. How many people want to learn how to dance and understand the benefits of what dancing can do? If you want to lose weight, you want to be social, you want to move your body and exercise, absolutely, go dance. But I can teach you how to do something and you can teach people how to do something that they can have anything in their life. They can have control of their life in a way that nobody else can teach them how to do that. There's tons Hmm. of great dance teachers out there, right? People would be lucky to have dance lessons with both of us, but... (laughs) Mm. But there are tons of people that can teach people how to dance. Mm. What, what you and I have done is we've taken our, our um, you know, years and years of professional high-level training that cost thousands and thousands of dollars to have. Oh my God, yes, yes. That nobody else <laughs> so would much. be able to afford or be willing to pay for. And we have 
we have taken it and put it into easy to digest, you know, um, curriculums or or chapters or eBooks or whatever it is, courses that allow people to then apply it to their life. Because people that I'm coaching don't want to become a professional ballroom dancer. Mm, mm. That's not their goal. No, They're just no. trying to live a great life, do what they want to do and not feel like the government calls all the shots. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what do you, you reckon know? the main problems are for people then right, that you're seeing at the moment? Like you've got you're talking to people, you're out there like seeing what are some of the problems that people are experiencing? So a lot of the things that I see is they feel, I work with kind of two types of people. I work with entrepreneurs just like me who are busy, busy, busy. I've, you know, kids got soccer practice. I got to be a wife. I got to make dinner. I have two jobs and I'm still doing a side hustle and all the things. So we look <laughs> at their, I mean, it's nuts. And we look at their schedule and they just go, I cannot live like this anymore. Fair enough. And so we look at their goals. We've looked at, you know, I, I think I've talked about this a little bit. I take their goals. I take their activities. I match them up and be like, if this is not working towards this list, we eliminate and all the things. And I literally just had lunch with one of my clients that she did my 12 week program. She had major, major breakthroughs, completely changed her entire life from career to the way she shows up in her family life, all of these things. And it's been probably four weeks since she ended uh, my program. And we just had lunch to meet up. And she said, Christine, I will never be able to go back to the person I was before I started mm. working with you. That's the and power that, of having coaches. That's awesome. Oh my God. It was phenomenal. And I admire this woman. This woman is a powerhouse businesswoman who has worked in her industry at a very high level project manager for over 30 years. She is, uh, she's competed in dancing as well. I met her through dancing. She's won so many things. She's an incredible mom and wife. And to hear her say that, that I changed the way that she shows up in the world is like, Oh my God. She's like, she was not getting sleep. She was not, you know, she was not taking care of herself, meal prepping, none of that. She was trying to get better, you know, health results and different things. She had some high blood pressure issues and there were things that shifted in her life and her, her priorities, right. The things that she felt were so important, all of a sudden lost their importance when we started to dissect what it is that she really wanted to accomplish in life. And it takes a coach that is not emotionally attached to your specific, you know, person or career or money or whatever it is, I'm attached to the results that my client is having. Mm. I'm not, I'm not attached to their friend, Susie, who is, you know, been their friend since 10 years and blah, blah, blah. And now they're driving them nuts and they need to be out. Say, you know? Why would you change? Why do you want to change? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And we so, all know a Susie. We all know a Susie. And so I am there to look at it logically and give the outside perspective and give guidance for them to give themselves permission to choose themselves. And it actually even says on my Instagram, I give, I empower you to choose you because the minute you start choosing everyone else over yourself and putting so much out there, it's the glass half full concept. You cannot pour from an empty glass. And do you think that's where most people are at? Like in terms of the yes. problems, like they're just in that yes. space of just over prioritizing everything which as you yes. were saying before you don't believe they can do that because it's like one thing and then and then because of that it's this trickle down effect of everything being affected sleep bad now you've got this everything. lack nutrition, of energy, nutrition all of it 
Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, and everything is becoming hypersensitive right now because of the pandemic. That's we're, true. Yeah. We're receiving much more feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, even yep. if you're not scared of COVID. Um, you know what's happening around you, right? We all are energetic beings and there's mm -hmm. this energy field that is being produced that is stressing people out. And sometimes you'll just feel anxious in your car for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember, oh yeah, we're still in a pandemic. It's not just that I am feeling anxious for no reason. There is a reason and it's bigger than me and I have not very much control over it right now, but I can go home and meditate or I can go you know, sit in a salt cave and just release it. Because assault it's not cave? Mine. Did you oh just say God. assault cave? Have you ever been to a salt no, cave? No. I need a salt cave. This oh my is, God. This room is terrible so, now. This is so salt? good. What the hell is I, a salt cave? My husband introduced me to them when we started dating five years ago. He's like, I want to take you to a salt cave. I'm like, okay, what is that? <laughs> so you go, you go into this space. It's it's very much like a, it'll look like a yoga studio or sure. like a massage place. And then you go into one of their rooms and it is covered in Himalayan pink salt. I thought it must be Himalayan salt. Yeah. It, yeah, of course. Cause all it's like that, one of those that's... giant lamps. Are you like, right. But it's, it's, it's covered salt? the walls, the floors, that must feel amazing. Salt, everything. It's amazing. And they pump salt into the room and you sit there and breathe it all in for 45 minutes to an hour, depending on however. And what happens is it helps with inflammation. It helps with uh, respiratory. So Everyone during COVID should be doing something like this regularly. It helps with mental clarity. It helps with when you feel it. Sometimes I take some of the, the rocks that are around, like you said, that look like the lamps and I hold them. Um, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's just a great way. And for me who can't turn my mind off, I put the phone outside in the little cubby. I go into the room and for 45 minutes, it's me time. And I don't. Did you just say you put your phone outside? Oh, I did. Do not tell people these things. These are... <laughs> Ah, what are you doing? This goes against everything everyone's preaching. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Off. Oh no, yeah, yeah. You might miss out on that call That's during it. your kidney surgery. <laughs> fear of missing out. But you said that though. That was something that we didn't touch back on is the fear of missing out. Mm. That is so FOMO's society. Massive. FOMO's <laughs> massive. And and you know, God forbid we do a social media cleanse and miss out on so and so celebrity having their baby or what i mean i i cannot with some of these things and oh my gosh, yeah. you need to yeah. we need to understand that like like you said the world will still be there when we come back on we need to we need to have regular times that we pull away from the world and just kind of become a recluse and not feel like we always have to share with everyone every little bit that's happening look at the sandwich yeah. i ate today look at the, the money i made today look at this it's like it's too much. It's yeah. I mean, look, look, I, I totally agree with you. And, and like, I find social media personally, I mean, I love what I do and I love, it, it's a love hate relationship sometimes because right. it's like, it, it demands so much, but I honestly feel, I think it's one of the things coming back to uh, like, you know, where people need to look inwards first, I would say is, okay. is it's got to bring you so much meaning or joy that even if it's painful, you love it. You still love it. It's like calls right. you to do it, right? Like I right. feel really compelled sometimes to make a video or to, to write a message. 
I don't often want to, but like I feel compelled, right? And I think that's a good sure. space to, to play in. Um, but with with social media, I, it, for me, it's just a vehicle. It's it's a, it's a, it's a right. all it is is a messaging system that allows. It's me a tool. To it's a very people, you know? good tool. But but it's becoming more than that for people. It becomes so integrated into life that it's the right. only way to know how to do life. And I think that's a very dangerous space. Like you know, Correct. like one system side of things, I hardly post. I've got posting mm-hmm. schedulers, you know, that help me to automate right. all that because. Right. Because you don't want to be like always on your computer because you should be to do the work, but like always on it. I don't know. It starts to then take a different role. And I think that's so, there's so much stress involved in that. If, if you start to then use it as a way to connect as the only way. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing that you, you know, that's very good that you mentioned just optimizing, you know, using tools to work for you instead of working uh, for the tools. Oh yeah. And so, and so same thing, if I have an entrepreneur that, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, then I have to schedule all my content. I'm like, girl, here's a, here's a, uh, an app. It'll schedule all the content for you. You spend an hour once a week, you put everything on there and then boom, you're good for, you know, a week or two. And that, and when you start to share those types of tools with people, those little, small, little changes create the biggest results. And I say that all the time. It's not about, I'm not trying, my dad always says this, he's comes from, he's the guy from the ballroom world as well. And he goes, you know, I'm not trying to get you to do a backflip, right? A backflip is pretty intense, right? Or standing on your head, right? I'm just trying to get you to do like a rumble walk, right? Just close your feet. (laughs) Just close your feet. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and those things people are like, yeah, but that's not that big of a deal. Backflip is like, wow, you know, that's amazing. But the thing is, is that the closing your feet that's what gets you to have a good foxtrot. Those yeah. are the things why most people mess up. And those little things are the things that cause the biggest positive results. Absolutely. And it's the same thing in life. It's exactly the same. The amount of water that you drink in the morning can change the entire trajectory of your day. Yeah, see, that's but that's exactly right. And these these optimization things are really like yeah. I, I guess I guess people got to be in the space to, to execute on them because I think they get overwhelmed. But like just to give some right. people some background, I've got several um, like I've got a startup company in Sweden. We have a Facebook page with about six hundred thousand people on there, right? And so that's a that's a big audience to serve. Well, it's not it's not really big, but it's like it's it's a good size audience. Yeah, to serve. that's great. We've got another page. Uh, it's like fifty five thousand over here, twelve thousand there. To, like different groups. I don't. I see them as an audience, like like and Correct. one person to serve. And the idea is that it's like, okay, I, my job, what I want to do personally, because mm-hmm. some people hate writing, right? And I don't necessarily like writing, but it's a really good tool. Some people hate speaking. I love speaking. So mm-hmm, and, and so I use the medium, whether it's a video, audio, writing, as a way of creating and curating my message so it gets clearer, more concise, it can help people mm-hmm. better. And then delivering it through, say, one platform that can go to many and that's that's how mm-hmm. i think so i've got about over 600 posts i got every month how many times do you reckon i've actually post off my phone it's probably like right. four or five times a week maybe because it's because i might get an idea and want to write something now and that's it but right. i won't imagine if i had to schedule 600 posts every time i wanted to write a month yeah. there's no way but i need to do that to stay relevant and active in front of people because that's an important right. strategy, right? But but you see, that's how you can get really lost when you start. Mm. You think, I'll just do that only. That isn't what you should be doing. That should be the thing. No. That's admin work. That's right? something you should hire a virtual assistant to do yeah. for like X number of dollars an hour, or you should just schedule it out yourself. And yeah. you're right. The idea of your business is that you want to be able to grow. And do the that more thing you, you grow, like. yeah. Mm. And the more you grow, the harder it's going to be. You're going to have so much more to do. So if you schedule, if you get your basics, right, 
you know, my, my husband just opened a business right now. He opened up a bike rental shop on Balboa Island in Newport beach. Wow. So it's a cute little shop. Everyone loves to rent bikes. He's got scooters. He's got little mobiles and he's all kinds of things. It's fabulous. He used, he took an entire month. He worked there every single day. He optimized everything. Awesome. The, PO, the POS system, the tools to repair the bikes, how to bring the bikes in and bring them back out, how to keep them sanitary for COVID, all the things, everything has a list. Everything has a bucket. Everything has a way to do it. So now he's looking for someone to just execute. So he doesn't have to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. And he just pays someone to execute his, they don't have to come up with anything. They don't have to be creative. They just have to be smiley and execute everything that he's already optimized and the business will run very smoothly. Smiley. That's it. Smiley. smiley. That's the first thing. First thing (laughs) on your report. Smiley, please. (laughs) And if you show up, uh, if you start your business like that, it doesn't matter what business model it is, you will always be successful for the growth of it and it won't get the better of you. I think, I think, I think we need to do a, another uh, one of these um, on the, on the, on the back end side, like the entrepreneur yeah. side, the system side, because I've done like extensive training in the back end of like building and scaling and crowdsourcing yeah. and capital raising and all that back end, like crazy awesome. shit. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really good to know up front. but one little quick thing I'll say to anyone I recommend who wants to start a side hustle or a business, mm. go make a sale. That's the first goal. Like make, yeah. go get whatever the hell you're selling, find a client, find a customer, go immediately and get that. And I mean like today or tomorrow, because you will confuse yourself with the logo, the website, the business card for too long. Yeah. You'll just be like six months in, I'm still designing this. I'm like, get it. Yeah. The amount of clients that I've worked with and made them do Facebook lives the first time I met them. And mm. I just said, get, you're going, I'll just take their phone and start like tapping for them. What are you doing? Don't worry. What's your pin code? Okay, put it in. Like, we're just going to go live on Facebook. Now you can tell everyone about your business. Go. And uh, they're like, what the yeah. fuck? And like, yep. Out you go. And they get, they get people from that because right. you've, gotta act right and this comes back to your decision like when you said you were gonna uh, you needed time for yourself and boundaries and you but your decision wasn't like well when things line up and the stars align and my numbers come up like i'll do this or when my business that's a dangerous one uh i will do x you went bang and you mental decision the move was made you felt different and what happened well it's just like when people say well you know we'll we'll have kids when the time is right well the time will never be right Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And Mm. so I, I learned from, um, a really good friend of mine who, when I was starting my first business in 2016, um, it was a social media marketing, like public relations business. And he said, when are you going to launch? And I was like, well, I don't know. Let's see how things go first. Let me see how fast it takes for the website to go up and all. And he goes, no, 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 no. What day are you going to launch? Like you have to have a day that you're working towards. And ever since he said that, I have done that in everything else. Like if I want to actually have self-care time, I need to schedule it in. Yes. I can't just say it's going to happen. It never happens ever. I will always find something to fill my schedule with. And so by doing this, by saying that September 1st, it was a month before, you know, my birthday's on October 1st. It was just a really good time, but also I've been working towards it. Like you said, like um, it's not about aligning everything, but for me, I'm a very organized person. So I was like, I want to make sure financially. Oh, no, fair enough. Yeah. Fair you enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, of I'm course take, you got to, I mean, I'm that's taking, just smart. You got to do that. Totally. I'm, I'm very calculated about it. 
And, but at the same time, if, you know, life throws me a challenge or something, I'm not going to falter on that. I'm, I mean, unless it's something crazy, I'm not going to say as well, September 1st, I'll just bump it to September 15th. No, it's happening. It's happening right now. And it needs to be, I need to stick to that because I owe it to myself. If I was my own client, I would not say, oh, you know what? I don't have everything ready yet. I'm going to, you know, can we just bump it a week? No, I would never, we would never do that to a client. I've often found that that they, that, that, the minute you, you, this is why I, I have a difficulty with coaching sometimes because I really care about people. And I don't want to feel like I'm pushy. Right. Yeah. But, but you also have to remember your responsibility as a coach is to yes. actually like challenge people because the minute you give in to that, you actually disservice people because you disservice right. yourself when you do that. Right. And it's Correct. true because that, then they've got an inch, they go a mile and for yeah. sure, just like you do it to yourself, I'll do it when, and mm-hmm. there's a difference between that type of narrative, saying that to yourself and, and preparing properly and efficiently, mm-hmm. because like it's, it is irresponsible if you're running a business to be like, first of September, right. no matter what I'm out and you haven't done anything right. to like prepare for yeah. that. Um, and your clients don't know where you are and you just bye-bye. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You really have to, you know, um, if we all treated ourselves the way we treat other family members and clients and things like that, for those of us who are very um, self, you know, service oriented, I mean, my gosh, we would have our cup runneth over. You would be Jesus. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, when you think think about how we actually always want, I mean, at least I can speak for myself that like how I always want to be, you know, the good daughter, the good sister, the good friend, Um, my clients get, a service above and beyond whatever I say I'm going to give them, they get, and then some, just because I, that's how I provide my service. And it doesn't cost me a little bit extra. Maybe it's a little extra time, but it's well worth it because I like having a good product out there in the world with my name on it. See, that's that's good. Yeah. If I treated myself the same way that I treated my clients, let me tell you, I'd be sitting on a gold throne drinking, you know, some real nice wine over here. I mean, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and, and I treat myself well, but not to that extent. And I think, like you said, that's just not widely talked about. Um, if people don't know how to get started, they think it's selfish, all the narratives and conditioning and program that society says it is. And I, you know, my manifestation coach put out a post yesterday. Sorry, this is, this is not a PG moment, but go. She goes, I have zero fucks to give at this point. She's like, I am done. She said, I am done with the Instagram filters. I'm done with, you know, censoring myself. Um, when we talk about COVID and whose side are you on and all this stuff, she's like, I'm going to tell it like it is in a very nice way, but I'm not going to try to cushion things because I want to protect my business. She, she's doing things a certain way. And I think that that is admirable for her brand because, you know, we just, we get too censored of like, oh, that's not, that's not a good look. That's not good for our brand. That's not good for money or for business. And after a certain point, people want authenticity. They want you, they want to, they're with you because they like you, not because they like what you've created your fantasy facade of who you are. Oh yeah. You know? look, I, I think some of the biggest uh influencers like yeah it's a weird word that word it is but it's people true, who have yeah. a lot of followings and to please don't believe metrics for the love of god if you get into this game for five minutes you realize how easy you can build an audience of millions of people yeah. who don't actually give a shit about you anyway you've just bought it right so like right, right. a million people yeah, you got to be careful with metrics you know like um but but my point is this they are probably a lot of them are suffering some of the most mental health right. issues 
right? Totally. And the reason for that is that like like what we're coming to, I think like I like the the deeper meaning of the things, like the not the like the psychology of things, like so you know mm-hmm. the the mental health side of things. Like why is that? You know, because you've got to have clarity around what you're doing. Like if you get, let's say you start out and you legitimately build a massive following of people and they love you and they're following you. That that's like sometimes winning your championship in dancing, and you're totally. like you feel empty, and you're like, but because it's right. like you, 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 the clarity around it's gone, or you start getting pulled in different directions and different agendas, and it's or like, you this just is have not to perform. You have to perform every day. My business coach said, you know, it's great to be an influencer, but now you are basically in prison to your own business because now mm. you have to constantly be performing. Nobody else can be you. That's right? exactly Vers- right. It's versus personal. if we're a coach or something, we can create a course that is passive income and mm-hmm. I can go sit on a beach and someone can buy my course and have videos of me and do all the things. But as an influencer, I have to share my life with you. And mm. That's a lot. That's a well, lot. You talk, you, talk about, you talk about authenticity. Like what, what does that even actually mean? Like for real, because like social media is generally geared towards just showing the best parts of your life. And sort of rightly so, like you don't, you don't want to hear about everybody whinging all the time or about like, well, com- you, you know what I mean? You, like, it needs to be relatable. relatable um, yeah, okay. I will tell you what it is for me, because yeah. again, I can't speak for anyone else, but sure. um, my podcast being that it's called The Recovering Perfectionist is actually, I can't take credit for the name. It was a really good friend of mine who, when I explained to her, uh, she's not in the dance world. And when I explained to her, what it was like growing up the way that I did. She goes, you know, you just, it sounds like you always have to be this perfect version of yourself and you're just trying to recover from that. And so that's where that name came from. And what it is for me is when I show up, a lot of times when I create content or do something like I've done in the past, a video, whatever, I always have a certain way I want to do it. You know, I create a business. I want to do a trailer. I want to introduce my business with like lights and all the things and do all the fun things. But sometimes you just need to stand in front of a camera, like you said, do a Facebook live and be like, Hey, this is me today on a Tuesday with not no hair and makeup. And I just wanted to let you guys know that I just started this business and you're going to benefit from it. And here's why, you know, and it doesn't have all the lights and cameras and great music and all the cinematography to it. Um, on my podcast specifically, I discuss topics like the book essentialism, or I discuss, you know, um, perfectionism or the three types of perfectionists. I just did that with another coach. And, and then I go into what is happening in my life in that moment. And it may not be great. And recently it's been me being vulnerable. And that is where I am tearing down the authenticity you're talking about is it's not about, oh, I'm just going to do a, a, um, a podcast episode and I'm going to talk about all the great things of sustainable habits and why they're important and how to build them. Mm. But then I'm over here in the background and I haven't done half the sustainable habits that I was. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. And That's I'm, awesome. and I'm pretending that I did, and that is not authentic. And that is the person listening to my episode thinking that I am over here, you know, crushing it every day and I'm not. And that's oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And, Right. It's okay. And totally okay. When you see people like red table talk, have you ever seen red table talk with Jada Pinkett Smith? No, no red table talk, red table talk. It is a Facebook. uh, It's on Facebook exclusively. And it is her, her, her mother and her daughter Willow. And it is a a multi-generational show. And they talk about everything from abuse to sex, to mental health, to, Ooh, you know, she, cool. she does an episode with Will about parenting, which you might really enjoy, um, all kinds of things. And 
you see someone like Jada, who's been in the public eye for years as this actress, this sexy black woman who just has it all together. And she discusses her substance abuse, her affair that she had during her marriage and all of mm-hmm. And she just rips it all down and shows you the real her. And when I tell you this has been the, the most incredible version of Jada I've ever seen. Um, and it made me connected to her on a level that none of her movies ever did. Um, that's when I realized, why are we putting on this whole, it's great to have a brand. It's great to be, you know, um, you know, proper and have your good colors and your good this and check all your boxes and all your resources. But at the end of the day, if people, if you get onto a Facebook story or an Instagram story and tell people, Hey, you know, I didn't wake up as early as I wanted to today. And today just feels like a sluggish day. And this is how I'm feeling. But, you know, I ended up getting my, you know, my ice cream today and whatever. I'm breaking all the diets and doing all the things. Someone's going to relate to that and be like, I feel the same way. You know, like they're going to feel connected to you and feel like, oh, she's not perfect. I look at her stuff all the day, all the time. And I just want to be like her. And she's relating to me. And that's because, like you said, even the top athletes, they're going through it. The influences, we're all going through it. And for some reason, we all pretend like we're not. Well, I think, I think that's the, that's, um, there's so much really good stuff there. And I think what's yeah. really cool for people to know is there's a, there's a few decisions you want to also make. If you, if anyone's considering becoming a personal brand or whether mm-hmm. you build a brand and then you're the, like the spokesperson of the brand you're building or, right. you know, the company, which I think pretty much is how it's done today. Anyway, yeah. um, you, you got to decide upfront what type of leader you want to be. Right. And there's different yeah. types of leadership. One of the things of being vulnerable doesn't equal weakness, particularly for you men listening vulnerability is not weak it is total that strength, part right there right it's strength and it's strength with style which means you got confidence because you're willing to share like parts of yourself people are like did he just say that oh my god because but you got, but there's a line right and what i mean by the line is is because i asked this question i asked this question to my, to my wife allison i'm like look how much of yourself do you reveal if you're building oh. a personal brand and I said, because, you know, do you talk about how much drugs you used to take? Do you talk about, okay, so that's easy to do. Everyone can talk about abuse and that sort of thing. But, but then where do you stop, right? Like at what right. point, like, hey, guys, I just went to the bathroom like four times today. You know, right. like those prunes, man, no. Whoa, they're moving through me. You know, like, <laughs> like right? Like, so, so. Right. But because- I think it's when it, there's a lesson to be learned. Like we were okay. talking about lessons earlier. And I think the thing is, is that when you have overcome something that, you know, a huge population of the world is going through and you can teach them or you can share your experiences that might help another survivor. Mm. You know, even if it's a survivor of depression, mental health, abuse, all the things, you can be a survival guide for somebody else. And that requires you being vulnerable and tearing down the walls and being like, listen, I overcame it and so can you. Absolutely. And if I can curtail with that, like this is so good for people to hear, especially if you are... Look, if you're looking for a coach, that's great because this is the sort of thing you need to, to do in your own life. Anyway, Everybody just, should have a coach. Like just Everybody being, in the world should have a, a personal absolutely. coach. Being real like with yourself and being honest with yourself is really one of the first steps to, to creating lasting change. But like yes. in terms of like leadership, like what do you do if you want to be in front of people doing that? Um, well, let's understand, I suppose, why does vulnerability make such an impact with people? We'll, we'll think about it like this. It's all comes back to, to story, right? And struggle is universal. So like the only reason we can relate if we look different and we speak different and we're from right. different countries 
is we can relate to the same struggles, right? Like our journeys to the get emotion. there, totally different, right? Like how did you become a successful dancer? How did you become a, 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 a good, you know, startup coach with people? What did you do to make that occur? Like, how did you become world-class in that? Uh, well, that'll be X strategy, Y activities, this right. psychology, but there's a struggle under it that is totally relatable. Like mm. I hated getting out of bed early and I had to start doing that. Oh, like, you know, like I had nobody people... talks about that. They talk mm. about the hours in the studio, the coaches they'd use, the shoes they wore, the spray tan that they did, all the things that like, this is what you need to do to be a champion. And then they never talk about the days. But that isn't what you need to be a champion. You see, that's the thing. Cause you can do well, all that. What, what, you know, like that's, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. Answer. Mindset, all those things. Yeah. But, in, yeah. and then, like you said, there's a part of it that's just beyond your control. Well, no, but what I'm saying is like, is, is let's say, well, everyone on a competition floor is looking good. They're all wearing the same things, but it's how you overcome your struggles to continue. Right. Because right. that's what wipes people out. It's like, if you right. can't come back from rejection in business, you're fucked, right? right? You I are think, no, you're, yeah. you're going nowhere. I don't care how much automation you have. Like if you just right. cannot handle people saying your product sucks or like, I don't like your video or you, yeah. you, you talk too much. All right. Like yeah. you smile Go too to much. The drawing board. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's funny. So, well, on the on the on a book that would be cool if you want to check it out it's called the seven basic plots i'm not sure you ever heard of it but it's by christopher booker and this is a really wonderful thing for people who are struggling with say okay i i actually want to start or oh, i'm starting or i just want to be able to know how to tell a story or do certain mm. things it's really great because it gives you all the classic underdog story the hero con conquest story whatever the plot is because that is actually how you can learn to share with people without like i don't want to sound cruel but there's some people that get derive attention and, and their significance mm -hmm. from having more problems than anyone else right, right. so <laughs> right exactly. so it's, it's it's like my problems are bigger than anyone else's and right. here's why and you can never yeah. beat my level of problems the pity party yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, um, the, so are there any final thoughts or parting thoughts that you might have for, uh, for people listening? Yeah, I'm actually even just writing down right now, just, uh, the links I want to send you for the, for this episode of, um, we were talking about vulnerability and especially in men, there's an amazing, uh, man out there, Justin Baldoni, who mm -hmm. is doing uh, man enough. And he wrote a book, um, which is more of a biography about his journey through masculinity, but also he has a podcast and Fantastic. it is all about ripping down the stereotypes of what it means to be a man. Yep. Um, and it's phenomenal. So I want to send you a couple of those links. Um, and the book essentialism, I told you is phenomenal as well. Uh, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll put all, I'll put all those in there. And like the reason, definitely. The reason I was mentioning that plot thing is because it's, it's, you mentioned like, like you've had a problem, you've had a struggle you want, you're going through and there has to be a lesson in it. It's the lesson that people have to Correct. know how to bring out from that struggle to make it relevant. Otherwise people just, you're just whinging, Absolutely right? Like, agree. it's just like, here's my, my life just sucks. It's shit. This is what's happening. And then end broadcast. No, totally. like what's yeah. the takeaway? Right, right, right. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, for final thoughts, because as, as you know, you know, we've done two of these already and we could go on for hours. We could, we could literally create our own show here. Um, but uh, honestly, final thoughts is, I, first of all, I hope this episode and the one that we did for my podcast as well served you 
whoever it is that is listening, whatever issue it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish in your life right now, take what works for you. These are just things we have learned that we want to share with you. Um, this is not, we're not prescribing every, anything. Nothing is like, you have to do it this way. I think we have to remember that we have the power of choice. And if you don't execute your power of choice and practice your power of choice, then somebody else will choose for you. And whether that's in your job or your personal life or whatever. And I think that that's what was happening to me is so many, my entire schedule was being filled by other people's activities and choices that they were making, that they were including me in. And I was saying, yes, I'm not mad at anybody um, in my life for not allowing me to have more time for myself to focus on me. I consciously made the decisions to participate in everything that was being brought to the table for me. Mm. So now I'm executing my power of choice and I'm being more intentional about my time and not allowing other people to distract me from my focus. And a lot of people will say that's unconventional. It's selfish. It's, you know, whatever it is that they've society has conditioned them to think. And I'm here to tell you that it is not, and you have permission to choose you. Absolutely. I love that. Bravo. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. Because if you bring your best self to the table, that's, that's helping other people anyway, right? So Amen. the hell's selfish about that, you know? There's so nothing selfish about that. The more you work on yourself and help yourself, the more people you can help. And those Ooh. people will be there when they need, you know, they'll still need me and I will go back and, and be a better version of myself to be able to help them. But I won't feel like I'm doing it um, as an obligation or because I want to feel loved by them or because I'm scared that they won't want me anymore. I'm going to be doing it because I feel like I can give my best self to that situation. And that's know, a huge difference. Before we, before we finish off, um, I really, I really love that. And, and because I'm, I'm going to, I want to encourage people to listen to your message specifically about that self-care prioritizing yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and you've, you've hit on the selfishness. Awesome. I think it's really important following that other quote about giving zero fucks it, it's about understanding that at the end of the day everybody can be replaced and that's not negative you got to understand like it's it's really important to understand it's a there's, fact. there's no indispensable people and why i'm right. saying that the really important reason to understand is because most people give up everything in their job and their business and their life because they think they'll never be able to be replaced. And if they don't do it, no one else can do it as good as them. But what I've learned, and this is such a harsh reality, but it's so liberating. Honestly, mm -hmm. if I close my dance, you know, people will be sad for about five minutes, no matter how much they tell me they love to learn with me. And they, and I get all these validation, all these great credits. These yeah. people email me every day across we the world. We can't live start. without you. If I just stop that oh, onto their life. And the reason right. that's liberating is because it's like, well, I better look after myself because at the right. end of the day, if I, if I can then bring myself to the table better each time, we're all good. Right. And then, mm -hmm. well, they're going to go elsewhere anyway. So it's, 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 and, and so will they, they'll do the same thing. So I, I personally think it's a beautiful, I mean, but what do you think on that? Just as a, as a last essentialism. thing. Essentialism. Essentialism is? is the book that I read for that. Okay. Um, it, it is a phenomenal, I'll send you the link as well. It is a Please. phenomenal book that uh, changed my life. My business coach is the one that told me about it. And I listened to it on um, an audiobook on my drive. And it is all about the concept of being, you know, the first person at the company, uh, at the company meeting and being the last person to leave and being the first person to answer the emails and being, you know, that I never have a notification on my phone. I'm always answering all my notifications. What happens if I don't? 
uh, like you said, you give up everything because you feel like these people are going to, now, don't get me wrong. I had people to say, oh, wow, thanks for the quick reply. Or they noticed that I oh, made sure. the extra effort. Yeah. So yeah. it is worth it what I do. But then service. You, you have to, right. You have to understand when and where you decide to do that. And it cannot be everywhere because you will burn yourself into the ground and you will, it's not sustainable. Beautiful, beautiful. Wait, wait, well, ladies and gentlemen, where can everybody find Christine's information? Where can they follow you? Where can they get more info? Yeah, from you? well, I am Christine Bar Noel. It's uh, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-B-A-R-1-R-N-O-E-L on Instagram and Facebook. Um, pop into my DMs, love talking to people. If you have any questions, if you need a resource, you want some guidance somewhere, please, I please message me. Um, you can go to my website as well, christinebarnoel.com. And uh, yeah, there's some really exciting things happening. I'm working with another coach right now. We're developing this incredible course about all the things I'm discussing um, that will help people really transform their lives. So stay in touch. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And remember everyone to bombard her with messages during September to test those boundaries. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> touche, touche. Now they know where to get you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the uh, European form of you know I'm on vacation. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll catch you in October. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Chrissy. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. It is a pleasure talking to you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to master your ballroom and Latin technique, I have created a program called Dance at Home where each week I will send you a starter level step and a next level step in both ballroom and Latin. And what we do over the course of well over a year is you will connect each step in ballroom dancing. You'll understand the why and the how of every step properly. This is, you, you could try to do this on YouTube, you won't get anywhere, right? I'm gonna give you my perspective, my experience, what to do, what not to do, how to use your feet, how to use the timing as both the man and the lady. You're gonna experience a far greater shift and this is a great substitute if you don't have a coach and it's a great addition if you do have a coach to really fine tune your technique properly so you can access the next level, get your mechanics right, get your dancing on point and enjoy it to its highest level. I promise you, you're gonna love this program. Now, there's also some additional things that I'll give you in this program. You will get a warm-up video each week where you get to follow me through some specific but fun free movement exercises, which are nothing like what you would expect. They're really fun. Some people love this more than anything else in the program. It's so much, it's so much uh, fun to do. Outside of that, I'll give you a little tip, what you can do with your mindset, what you can think about to help you improve faster each and every week. I look forward to having you in Dance at Home. Please visit boromastery.tv to look for Dance at Home and join today. Thank you very much.